Blog Talk Radio. another scorcher here in Indianapolis. I atop the balance studios on the west suburb of Indianapolis. Got a great show back today. Absolutely. Adam Jividen, our college football co-pilot, Browns, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, Guardian Super fan, Cavaliers, Super Duper. <laughs> well, hell, we just call him our, our Swiss Army Knight, but he's going to join us. We're going to be talking some college football preseason. Obviously, the Big Ten Media Days was here in downtown Indianapolis uh, this week, so we'll talk uh, talk about that. What's going on in the Big Ten, of course, around some college football. Tony Donahue is out at IMS as the IMSA is out there doing some testing uh, before ahead of their race here in September. Uh, and we'll be talking to Mindy Carr as well, and hopefully we'll catch up with Steve Wilson, the editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, and our official NASCAR contributor joining us from down in Richmond where NASCAR is at this weekend. And then we'll wrap it up with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, our official NFL contributor. He'll give us some insight into the Eagles and how they're they're coming into this camp, as well as from breaking camp around the NFL. And the Colts broke camp, too. So we'll get into some combo about that. So I'm, I'm going to tell you what. Stick around. It's about to get good. 917-889-8516 in my digits. Be right back on the Balance Radio Network. Double wide, quick stop, midnight, deep top, jack and her cherry coke pan. Mama and Daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yellow dog school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vents. We were Jesus, save me. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. 
the Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, oh, they're my eyes. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. I won't, I won't give you any spoilers. 
but they they follow three quarterbacks. They follow Marcus Mariota, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Kirk Cousins. And uh, it's a really good story. It's good to see their life behind behind this story, if you will. Uh, also, I feel like a good... show that's a documentary based off of what happened last season. I don't think you have to worry about spoilers. I know the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. You're absolutely right. That is about it is what it's about. But it goes about, it's it's kind of neat. They followed them through the entire season, and they, it goes behind the scene when they were dealing with uh, Patrick Mahomes' injury and. And, and stuff. So yeah, it's uh, and and uh, kind of kind of odd that uh, um, Marcus Mariota is with the Eagles now. So and it, it went last year he was with the Falcons. So where will he be next year? I don't know. We we will see. Well, we're going to get into some college football talk here. Finally, obviously NFL broke their camp at them, uh, but this week uh, the uh, Big Ten. If you come downtown in Indianapolis at all this week, you noticed that the Big Ten was everywhere and. And that was because the Big Ten media days were out at Lucas Oil Stadium. And so it was Big Ten everywhere. We were at the Eagle for a work function uh, Wednesday afternoon. And it was full of everybody wearing something Big Ten. So media people, I presume, because they were all wearing the Big Ten media day credentials. So, yeah, a lot to talk about. But uh, first of all, let's talk about the Big Ten. Going into the Big Ten, obviously your Ohio State Buckeyes live in the Big Ten. My IEU Hoosiers live in the Big Ten. We live in Big Ten country. So let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten. Uh, we'll get into some highlights of the Big Ten Media Day. But overall, let's let's look at a preview, if you will. Uh, obviously, the new and expanded or bigger and better uh, Big Ten is no longer – they should actually change the name to Coast to Coast Division – but nonetheless, it's no longer just 10 teams. So we've got a lot of new experiences with the Big Ten this year. Give me your thoughts on the Big Ten 2023. Yeah, I, I mean, big time expansion, obviously, it kind of comes in two stages, right? So this year is, our, is the change in, in media rights with the new TV deal. And the next year is the big change with, uh, with USC and UCLA joining, as well as next year will be the transition to – uh, a divisionless structure. Um, currently, the Big Ten has the East and West, um, and the East is stacked, and the West kind of blows. Um, but they're going away from that towards a divisionless structure. And what, what's going to be interesting, I think, when we when we're talking about that in the future, is you could lead to some pretty significant schedule impropriety where a team plays, you know, Ohio State. Michigan, Penn State, USC, all in the same season. And, and, and that's where it's going to be curious to see how they handle it moving forward. Um, but this is definitely a, a new day. I, kn- I know one of the things that the new TV deal was pushing was like night games in November. And this is from NBC. And you're like, you do know that all of these places are freaking cold in November, right? <laughs> like I, I, so it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, like an, a, a, a Wisconsin night game, 7 p.m. on November the 21st. You're going to be like, <laughs> so you're playing under, like, three feet of snow is what you're telling me. Smart. Exactly. Um, and that's what's going to be interesting is, is, like, will there be things that happen because of the new TV deal that normally we would have been like, no, 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 we're not doing that. 
but they get through because they signed the rights, you know, to now essentially three different um, organizations. So Fox has some games, CBS has some games, and NBC is going to have like one spotlight game a week. And I, I just don't know how that's going to flesh itself out. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it being very smooth, Tom, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> if it was smooth, it wouldn't be the Big Ten. It wouldn't be the NCAA. Um, that's true. We're going to get into some other uh, Big Ten stories here in just a moment. But one of the biggest Big Ten stories is from the team up north. Jim Harbaugh finds himself in a pickle. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I, I know you're not necessarily uh, depressed about him being suspended for a few games, but uh, for those that maybe don't know the story, tell us the story and give us your thoughts on the suspension of Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, so, you know, Harbaugh got suspended for four games for lying to the NCAA. Uh, I think what's mm-hmm. super frustrating about that is the very literally the same, like, code that he's getting suspended for four games for is the one that they gave Jim Trestle, and Jim Trestle was essentially not was never coached again um, following uh, the tattoo issue um, several years back. Now that ultimately led to the hiring of Urban Meyer. So I mean, Ohio State fans aren't we're not super depressed about it, but like I, Jim Trestle was a great coach, and 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 this is where I think people get frustrated with the NCAA. It's almost like they don't even use their own precedent to make decisions. They just, well, you, Tennessee, you had rampant issues. You just, you vacate a season and of what? A season of six wins? Like, who freaking cares? Um, Harbaugh, you get suspended for four games, of which those four games are atrociously bad for Michigan. They're not going to feel it at all. Um, so, you know, I, more than anything, I think personally, it it shows why I think Jim Harbaugh is not a man that I would want running my program. He has, this is by no means the first scandal or the first time that Jim Harbaugh has been caught doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. Right. Well, I've often said that the NCAA is is famous for punishing misdemeanors while ignoring felonies. In the Michigan case, it appears that the NCAA is trying to charge Jim Harbaugh with a felony uh, for lying about misdemeanors. <laughs> so perhaps yeah. we've got a full circle. What, but is what he was lying yeah, right. about was not really that big of a deal. Like it would just have been like a slap on the wrist had he just told the truth. Yeah. But he like doubled down multiple times even when they had proof. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. So he gets suspended for four regular season games. So we've done the preseason stuff counts. So he could still be in the locker room and all that. None of that comes into effect to the, to the beginning of the season. The first four games he'll be suspended for, which is huge. Uh, now, I don't know if well, you know, would know better than I do because I don't have the schedule. Does Ohio State meet him in that four-game uh, suspension period? Oh, gosh, no. Ohio State's always the last game of the season. That's kind of what I thought. That's what I thought. So, well, speaking of no, Ohio they're, State, and, their, and their non-conference schedule this year is is a joke. So they're not playing anybody of merit 
over the course of this suspension. So it will, it will it affect them? Sure. Will it give them a loss as a result? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, let's uh, talk about Ohio State. Going back to the media days, uh, certainly there was not, uh, at least uh, from what I read in the media days, I tried to catch up with them the best I could, uh, but there was no starting quarterback for uh, Ohio State, so they need a quarterback to step up. Uh, there was none really available in the media availabilities. Uh, uh, no, no comments from the head coach. Uh, in, in the first couple of days of the, of, at least in day one, there was no comments. Uh, so the, your coach is entering the, the fifth season at the helm of Ohio State, said he didn't know who the Buckeyes as starting quarterback would be against Indiana. And so uh, curious minds want to know, and I know you're in the know, Adam, so who's your, your starting quarterback? Come on, give, give us a scoop. It's, it's going to be Kyle McCord. Everything that I've heard is that Kyle McCord has, is establishing himself as the starting quarterback. Um, I mentioned last week, former five-star, he was Marvin Harrison's high school quarterback teammate, so he already has chemistry mm-hmm. with Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. Um, yeah, that's huge. He, he threw for 6,657, I think is the number, passing yards in a season and a half in Philadelphia. He was the Philadelphia, or he was the Philadelphia high school player of the year. He was the Pennsylvania high school player of the year. I mean, Every accolade you can think of. The only reason people are freaking out is because they're like, oh, he didn't, he didn't have many passing attempts prior to starting. And I was like, guys, prior to earning the starting job, had zero passing attempts in a game. I don't know why we're freaking out. I feel like if there's one position, Ryan Day should be given, like, trust by fans and, or, or the media. It's quarterback is how he has currently coached three starting quarterbacks at Ohio State, and all three were Heisman candidates, or not only Heisman candidates, Heisman finalists, and went in the first round of the NFL draft with Dwayne Haskins, may he rest in peace, Justin Fields, starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, who is on a lot of people's short list for, like, breakout superstar in the NFL this year. And then C.J. Stroud, who from all intents and purposes, I've heard is making the Houston Texans look great. I've heard that rookie camp went great. Um, The initial camp where they let um, teams that have new head coaches start early. Uh, Laramie Tunsil, his left tackle, said that he got in the – like he organized off-season activities already, which is – that's the stuff you hear veteran quarterbacks doing. I, which I'm not surprised. TJ was a man in the room. Um, that's he was a, he is a good leader. Understood what to do. Uh, maybe not great in front of the media. Um, as good as other quarterbacks, but TJ knows what to do on the football field, and I think he's going to do great. So like, I look at this and I go, I don't know why you guys are questioning TJ Stroud or not TJ Stroud, Kyle McCord. Ryan Day hasn't named a quarterback yet, so he doesn't have to. And oftentimes when you're talking a first-year starting quarterback, they want time to make sure it's right. But right. The, 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 the guy behind him um, that he's competing with broke his finger and didn't get uh, – he, he missed the spring game, missed a good chunk of summer camp. Um, 
so I, I just I don't see any way that Common Cord doesn't win this job. I just don't see it over Devin Brown. Gotcha. Well, moving on to other teams, uh, your, uh, Ohio State is not the only team uh, looking at a quarterback situation. Obviously, Penn State is looking at their quarterback. You know, and, and during the media days, again, no uh, no clear uh, mention of who's going to be the starting quarterback there at Happy Valley. But, however, I would say, given the immense hype that has followed Drew Allure, since he stepped foot at, at, at state, a state college last year, it's really hard to envision a world where a redshirt freshman, Bayou Baruba, I believe is how you say it, beats out the former five-star for the job. So Drew Allure looks like it'd probably be the guy there at Penn State, but they need help at wide receiver and defensive back, and certainly they are highly expected to not only be the Big Ten contender, but a national title contender. And so uh, the, Nitt- the Nittany Lions returned a uh, projected NFL first-round draft pick, Alou Paul-Washar-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Shasha-Sh
where a team, a team goes from 10 to the championship. And maybe they had a loss or two at the, at the, at the start of the season. I think you're going to see a lot more teams get through to the finals that we haven't had because basically the championship games have been composed mostly of a handful of teams, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, um, and, and so Oklahoma for a while. So I think, I think that's where the excitement comes in from college football um, is, is really this year is setting the stage for all the huge changes next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. I, I love college football so much that I think every year is a good year. Um, <laughs> even the COVID year that was horrible, but it's college football and it's back. So I, I think like you don't, we don't get caught up in the, in the, okay, the, 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 who's good, who's bad as much as we do, um, you know, potentially in the NFL, like in the NFL going into the season, you already know roughly there's probably two or three teams <laughs> that's going to contend for the Super Bowl, practically speaking. This year especially, I feel like it's everybody kind of around college football feels like it's pretty wide open. We know Alabama's not as strong as they've been. Georgia's breaking in a ton. But the last two Georgia teams were really stacked off of two, like, amazing runs in recruiting and things like that. I'm not saying that Georgia hasn't maintained recruiting, but they're breaking in a new quarterback. They're breaking in new receivers. They're breaking in several new coaches. So nobody really knows what Georgia's going to be. Ohio State's breaking in a new, a new uh, quarterback. C has returning Heisman candidate, Caleb Williams. But the question mm-hmm. for USC is, can Lincoln Riley field a defense that could stop the freaking little giants from the great Rick Moranis movie of 1993? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, and that's – and even what? when Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma in his absolute best with, like, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, they would always suffer a loss or two that would just make you scratch your head. That yep. This year, college football is more wide open than it's been in recent memory. I can't think of – I don't think there's going to be a single dominant team. I think you could – this could be a scenario where this year we see a team like – I know Boise State has a really good roster, um, similar to when Cincinnati made the playoff. We could see one of those types of teams sneak into the playoff and, and really make some noise. So I don't know. I just know it's just, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to see where the initial rankings come out to also see how this year I feel like the initial rankings and what it ends at are going to be wildly different. Um, yeah. So I, I this is a year where you're going to see more upsets than we've seen in recent memory, especially from the big dogs. I don't expect Ohio State to make it through the season unscathed. I don't expect Michigan to do that either. I think Alabama's got is looking at three or four losses because their quarterback situation is a mess. Does Georgia handle being repeat national champs well? Do they handle transitioning several great defenders as well as the quarterback position? There's so many subplots for this upcoming season that we could – I mean, we could legitimately spend an entire show coming up just breaking down – all the subplots of, of what exists in this particular college football season, because everything is setting up for the big changes next year, but also 
the unknown of this year where you had so many teams were kind of finally past the COVID era where you had some of those super seniors that felt like they were in college for like an eternity. <clears throat> Hendon Hooker, sorry. Um, that was a perfect <laughs> example of one of those guys that was in college till he was 26 or something like that. But I think that's where this is going to be a really exciting season. Well, absolutely. You you topped out. You mentioned all five teams in the pre-ranking in the top five. Obviously, USC being number five, and you know, uh, and uh, of course, Penn State is just outside with with number six. Uh, but uh, Kalen Bullock uh, with USC is is a, a stud to look for. Dallas Turner of Alabama, Joshua Stewart. Uh, and, of course, you've got a, a guy that nobody can pronounce, Timbalabaluba, uh, but uh, Tubaluba, Tubaluba, JT Tubaluba. <laughs> you ever feel like you're in the episode? You the defensive end that plays for all state. Oh, JT yeah. Tumalaba? How do you say his name? I gotta look his name up. That one I'm not sure of yet. If I'm gonna be honest. T U I M O L O. Give me a week or two, Tom, and I'll give you the correct pronunciation. <laughs> and of course, you guys open up with with Indiana, and you mentioned um, uh, uh, Georgia, their quarterback Carson Beck. So a lot to look at going into the big season, and I like what you said. You know, we could just create a whole show around the probabilities of college football. But you you have to in order to do that, Adam, you have to commit to a host show. Now, can you do hey, that? Man, I know that. I've I've told you I can do it. If it's depending we pick the right weekend and I can pull it up. We'll do it. We'll we'll plan it out. We'll make it happen and we'll talk we'll spend an entire show talking about the probabilities of, of college football. What I want to know more importantly and what everybody wants to know, and I gotta call you out on this. I want to know, are we going to see, during college football, are we going to see a regular appearance on the website of Jimmy Dent? You know what? <laughs> um, I, I think – I would be I haven't really known what to write about because I'm like, man, baseball this year just kind of blows. Like, I just feel like there's just – I don't know. There's, like, no excitement around baseball right now because, like, what do you got? Like, Otani's doing – Stuff that he is the only person to ever do this kind of stuff since, like, freaking Babe Ruth. But beyond that, I just feel like there's, like, no excitement yet around baseball. Maybe it's just not soon enough. We're kind of in those, like, they've been playing for forever. Uh, you know, they got the trade deadline coming up. Um, yeah, you know, I will I, – I think here's, here's what we'll do. As soon as all the rankings come out, sort of like an AP coaches poll, the whole shebang – We'll do a quick write-up, and that will be our predecessor to our full show breakdown. How does that sound? Deal. Now we got to figure out when when are we going to do that? I don't know. That'll be what we'll have to figure out offline. <laughs> yep. We'll figure it out, man. So are you gonna yeah, are you gonna it's take an exciting up? season? That's that's. It's a very exciting season ahead. You're going to take Oliver to the Barbie movie. <laughs> Say that one more time. I said, are you going to take Oliver to see the Barbie movie? <laughs> Heck no. Oh, my God. You know, I am not... to see the Ninja Turtles movie this weekend. Love it. Love it. We're going to go. And, of course, you know this. We 
talked about it offline. We're going tomorrow. Us and a group of friends are going to see Oppenheimer. I'm excited about I've this heard movie. It's very good. I, I, I typically am like a little skittish and oh, with the hype. But I, 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 I'm buying into the hype on this movie. Now, speaking of hype and going back to the Barbie movie, I don't understand the hype. There was a guy at work that went and saw it and said, hey, he, went, he took his, his daughter and wife and said it was a great movie. I was like, well, what's all the hype? Because, oh, the story is just a great story. And I talked to another guy who went on a date. He's on my team. He went on a date to go see the Barbie movie. Said it wasn't exactly what you thought I think it would be. Cheesy, layered upon cheese, upon layered upon cheese. And I heard somebody on national media this, this week say it's like a macaroni and cheese. You like a lot of cheese in your macaroni and cheese, but you don't like cheese in your movies. So I, I've heard both sides of the fence. I don't get the hype of, of Barbie. And there's just a lot of reasons. I just, just because it just seems, like I said, cheesy. But, you know, for so many years, all we heard was, oh, if you let your, if you let your daughter play with Barbie, she's going to grow up with eating disorders and body shaming and all of that. And yet they turn around and make a, a movie about it. So, you know, uh, not going to happen. But uh, Oppenheimer? And I was wishing and hoping that we could go to the IMAX downtown. We're going to the IMAX in Greenwood. But now I heard they, that it broke. <laughs> they, they had to postpone some showings until like later this weekend. And so it was hard enough to get tickets at the West. But apparently the way that the movie was shot it was in a particular special kind of IMAX. And there's only 19 of those IMAXs across the United States. So people were coming from states all around to, to see Oppenheimer at the uh, – I've heard it was loud. I've heard it was long. But I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. That's our pop culture injection today, sir. You know, we talked about yes, injecting sir. pop culture. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, you can enjoy Oppenheimer. I will enjoy the Ninja Turtles, which are wildly different in storyline. If they're similar in storyline, I will be very confused. <laughs> well, let's, let's hope that, 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 that that's not what the Ninja Turtles although, although, if you really want to dig deep into the Ninja Turtles, now, let's, we could do this real quickly here. If you dig deep into the Ninja Turtles, how they all came about was uh, uh, radiation from a nuclear fallout in the sewers. No, it wasn't. It wasn't? I thought that's what it happened. Nope. Okay, I stand corrected. Nope. But, uh, not, not nuclear fallout. It was a – it was ooze. It was a, 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 a chemical lab creation. They were trying to make a super soldier. Turtles fell okay. into it. Wham, bam. Well, we, can, we can make a stretch connection in it because uh, Oppenheimer is about making a super bomb. Yes, absolutely. About making a super soldier. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it a, we'll make so it a next, stretch. Next week, we can give, next week we can give potential – ooh, I might, I, I might be driving. I'm looking at going to, to Kings Island next weekend. Oh, no, never mind. You're, we're off next weekend anyway, though. So in a That's couple right. weeks, Tom, we can do breakdowns of Oppenheimer and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Madness. Well, we we can do that. And Kings Island, I haven't been there in years, but I I I, I used to when I, when we were kids and growing up, we used to go there a lot with the, the church groups and stuff. And the, the Beast was my favorite uh, roller coaster, the wooden roller coaster oh, of the Beast. I think it's still there. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I love roller coasters, but I'm to that age where it's just like, man, I don't know. I might have a heart attack on one of them in die or something. <laughs> no, Be on I, the news. Tom, one day I'll have to 
tell you the story of when I got stuck at the top of a roller coaster. Okay. I I will hold you to that. Adam Jividen, our super duper guy on the show, helping us break down some Big Ten college football. We got a lot of Big Ten, uh, a lot of college Big Ten as well, but a lot of the college football to come. Adam will be a major part of that every week coming forward. Of course, every week that he is available. And typically, this is where I say, where can people find your work and masterpieces? But just the fact that I know you're not on, you're not on the the world, which might may soon become the X world. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the future of Twitter, uh, but we we will we will see. But you have managed to survive all this time without being a part of Twitter. So I won't ask you where people can find your work and masterpieces, but I can tell you if people if they follow us on the website and then with much anticipation every week they check a tab called Jimmy Den. <laughs> find you there. <laughs> Jim is Den. I'm just we right. will we will I think, them. We will we will see them more more regularly through this football season. I can promise you that much. <laughs> I look forward to it, my friend. All right, you have yourself a good weekend and stay safe out there. We'll talk with you soon, sir. All right, we'll see you, Tom. All right, buddy. Adam Jividen joins us, a super uh, our college football co-pilot, super Browns fan, super Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Cavaliers, super duper fan, all, all around Swiss Army knife joins us. Uh, and helping us break down some Big Ten action. That was kind of our focus point today as the, the Big Ten was here in Indianapolis. Again, that's our that's our uh, that's our home. That's our home base, Indianapolis. High top the balance studios in the West Suburbs of Indianapolis. We'll be right back. Tony Donahue's right around the corner with us out at IMS. Gonna be talking about IMSA uh in testing, uh, sports car testing as well as some IndyCar. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror What do you see? Do you see it clear? The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Fuck, fuck, 
makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. know how awesome you are we know how awesome we are by the way 
and, and, and the good thing about it is our live show, which is what we're doing now, is also our podcast. We don't do any fancy schmancy editing. Uh, it is what it is, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, we have some good episodes and some bad episodes. Some episodes, I wish we did do some fancy dancy <laughs> editing. Uh, trust me, we've had those those shows too. Uh, but so far, today's not one of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it we drop the podcast just almost immediately after. Usually it takes about 20 minutes to 30 minutes, sometimes on some platforms, no more than an hour. Uh, but when we when we wrap up the live show here, uh, we uh, will go and, and drop the podcast and it's there for you. So that way when you you get busy with life and you're like, oh, man, how do I find my show? You know, especially if you listen to a lot of podcasts, although you should make ours the priority, that notification will let you know that, hey, Got yourself a new podcast, the balance just dropped a new one. So uh, we have a lot of fun on this show. If you're just now joining us or just starting to join us, we've been obviously been doing this for a good number of years, way many years. Uh, so we certainly have evolved over, over the years. We started out as a 30-minute podcast only, and now we've evolved to pretty much 90 minutes to two hours every week. Uh, doing it the live show. Thank you, Adam Jividen, our college football co-pilot, uh, Brad, Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians fan, Super fan, uh, uh, Super Guardians fan, all around Swiss Army knife. Uh, he joined us to talk some college football preseason. Uh, he'll be joining us a lot during the preseason, and hopefully, if we believe what he says, we'll have a lot more of his blog up on our website. Which, uh, go check out our website at www.balancesportscast.com. And, uh, you know, we, we cover all sports are on there. Uh, so uh, just uh, go on there and, and pick you out an article to read as well. Uh, as well, uh, We're standing by for Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast in the Fan Place. Uh, he's supposed to be calling us from down at IMS, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, our official IndyCar contributor. He's uh, joining us from IMS. It's supposed to be this uh, today to talk a little IMSA as the sports cars return to IMS this weekend for some testing ahead of their the race here in September here in Indianapolis. We'll also be chatting about some Indy cars, so uh, we were efforting to get a hold of him and get him on the show. We're also hoping that Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com and our official NASCAR contributor will be able to join us here in a few as well uh, from Richmond as um, the NASCAR boys are in Richmond this weekend, and I believe uh, Xfinity is at Road America this weekend. So we're going to get some uh, racing done there. And then uh, here coming up at, at the end of the show to help us wrap it up and put a bow on it will be Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, a great friend of the show, uh, and beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. He's going to give us some insight into the Eagles and how things are going for them in this camp. And around the NFL, the NFL break camp. It's getting that time of year. Uh, we've activated, by the way, we have activated the uh, balanced, uh, uh, the balanced fantasy football league. Uh, we have very limited amount of spaces left of people. Because when you when you join, you get to stay as long as you want. And if you need to bail, we'll we'll put somebody. So we do have a, a waiting list. But if you want to play, just go and direct messages on, on uh, Twitter at T-Balance 
or on Facebook or, or what have you, uh, Al, just give me a call right now and say, hey, I want to be on the, on the Balanced Fantasy uh, Football League, 917 So that's exciting, right? And at work, we started up a little fantasy football league as well uh, with my team and a couple other people on, on a couple other teams. And we're going to have a great time playing fantasy football this year. Some news of note, and we'll talk about this more when we get into uh, the NFL talk in more de- details, but Joe Burrow uh, is, uh, was carted off the field. Doesn't look like it's any, he looks like it could be an Achilles, but we don't know for sure. Try to get some more information about that with Ed Kratz. But, you know, he's, if he's one of your uh, fantasy football, uh, fantasy football people, well, uh, you know, you might be looking at somebody else. I, I would be looking at somebody else anyway, just, just to let you know. So we're just talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm still trying to effort to get a hold of Tony uh, to see if he's going to be able to join us. Uh, but we were talking college football, and you know I didn't get a chance to get to the the Big Ten rankings um, because we did kind of get knee deep and stuff, and we were talking about Jim Harbaugh, obviously Jim Harbaugh getting suspended for four games for really. Lying over petty stuff to the NCAA, and had he not lied, it'd probably just been a slight hand slap. Uh, but uh, Jim Harbaugh is just arrogant enough to do whatever Jim Harbaugh wants to do, right? Not the first time we've seen him in a negative light, uh, but it, it it is what it is. It is Jim Harbaugh? But joining us now, the guy's never in a negative light. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast in the Fan Place. Uh, how you doing, sir? You're out at IMS, are you? I'm I'm good, man. I don't know why. Uh, Hard to hear you, but um, we're here. Uh, we're out at the racetrack. There's a little infant test going on, which is cool. It'll be a sports car weekend coming up here uh, yep. next month, and uh, it's not too hot yet, so we're going to watch some cars while we can before it gets a little too sweaty out here. Well, it's going to be crazy hot. Hopefully, well, I don't know. We don't. I don't know what the weather's going to be here in a couple weeks with IndyCar and NASCAR is on the track, but, uh, yeah, it's good to see EMSA out on the track, and, and really EMSA getting a lot of a lot of attention that it was. Um, that, that they're getting as well. So real quickly, talk with us a little bit. Maybe those novice fans don't really know what IMSA is. Obviously, it's the sports car racing uh, series. Uh, but uh, certainly talk with us a little bit about IMSA, what goes into that, and what are they testing for, and what are you looking at while you're out at IMS today? Yeah, uh, you know, this is the first time that a sports car race is going to be here since 2012. And when they were here in 2012, they ran a different configuration. They had it um, – what would be oval turn one they kind of came around the front straight and now they kind of dive into the infield which is where you can access the pits so um you know kind of just learning the track um if you never watched an imsa race or a sports car race it's pretty cool because there's different categories so you'll have the super fast cars and the, the, and the daytona prototypes that are flying around some of the, some of the uh, slower cars but it's, it's three or four races within a race so um it's always entertaining uh it's always exciting some some former uh former IndyCar drivers like Sebastian Bourdais run, and maybe we might even see some, some familiar faces run this race. So um, that'll be really cool. It's in September. It shouldn't be too hot. Um, so you're looking at a pretty good month here coming up for IMS with the Brickyard and the IndyCar race here in two weeks, NASCAR and IndyCar on the weekend. And you get the Brickyard test on the Oval the following two days. Uh, and then you can come back in September for the, uh, the IMSA sports car race, which goes about, I think it's about a three-hour race, two-hour, 45 minutes. So, um, Usually pretty entertaining. 
And, and one of the unique things with IMSA as well is they, they have co-drivers, so they can switch drivers out as well. Is that correct? Yeah, and, 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 and one of the cooler things, you know, I think when you watch any car race or, or even NASCAR, Formula One especially, the, the pit stops are pretty cool. It's, it's something, you know, it's very entertaining. It's an added aspect to the racing. Um, but here, yeah, you gotta you got to pull a driver out and you got to put a driver in. and um, It's pretty cool. And then you got the, the, the Michelin uh, – rally challenge going on out here as well which is another race within the race and robert wicken former indycar driver who's who's paralyzed runs that and so that's always interesting because you have to get him out of the car change the steering wheel out um but it's a lot of fun it's a super cool series and i'm looking forward to being able to check it out here over the next couple of weeks yeah it's going to be a, a lot of fun and i'm, I'm excited to see emsa uh, come to uh come to indianapolis as well well let's talk a little bit about indycar Obviously, IndyCar had a great uh, race up in Iowa. You were up there last weekend. Uh, talk with us a little bit about the Iowa races. Uh, and it was, it was great to see uh, IndyCar two days in a row up there in Iowa. That was a fun track. Uh, give us a recap of, of IndyCar. Yeah, here's your recap. Joseph Newgarden's really good there. Uh, <laughs> went, went both races. Uh, we're on the backstretch for race two. He came off corner number two, blew right by his two teammates to go from third to first, and he really never looked back at that point. I mean, just a dominant weekend, um, you know, and, and, and he needed that to kind of put some, you know, to uh, get closer to Alex Pillow in the championship standings. Problem is, Alex Pillow finishes third after starting like 12th on Sunday. So, um, great weekend, great race. I would like to see the race be a little. I know you get two, so it's like, well, you're complaining that it's not long enough, but I'd like to see both of those races 300 laps, but uh, a lot of fun. The concerts were great. Hy-Vee puts a lot of money into that, mm. and uh, was super fun to super fun to hang out. Super fun to uh, see the concerts, and uh, had a really good Indy Lights race on. Or excuse me, Indy Next race on Saturday Saturday evening. Uh, Christian Rasmussen won that. That's the guy I think we'll be talking about uh, next year when we when we go row by row the day before the 500 on your show to talk about uh, the Indianapolis 500. I think Christian Rasmussen's the guy that we'll be talking about uh, in that race. Uh, so there's a lot of young talent there as well. So uh, looking forward to it. Well, you know, talking about Iowa, and you know the answer to my question before I even ask it, because I know the answer before I even ask it, is one is the Indianapolis 500, the other, the other is Iowa. But certainly uh, IndyCar has been coming under a lot of uh, scrutiny, if you will, about how the race ended uh, with uh, what came under fire from, well, my second question, why the last 10 laps of the 250 lap race wasn't treated the same way as it was in Indi- at the Indianapolis 500 in May. Ryan Hunter Ray slid out of the groove in Iowa at the Iowa Freeway and struck a wall uh, with his uh, carpenter racing Chevy before uh, pitting and climbing from the damaged car. Unlike the latter stages of the Indy 500, when the three crashes and it resulted in three red flags being deployed uh, as various uh, cleanups took apart the, the race, that did not happen uh, with Iowa. The answer, I think, is pretty obvious. One is the Indianapolis 500 and one is Iowa. Not to diminish Iowa, but one is the Indianapolis 500. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought there was enough time. I thought, you know, I thought, okay, they need the red flag just because this is the precedent that they've set that, hey, when this happens, we're going to try to ensure a green flag. And you weren't sure because the laps take off so quickly, even under yellow um, at Iowa. You know, they're 18-second laps in the group. Um, with that being said, I thought there was enough time for them to get the track cleaned off. It, it was just a brush of the wall, right? It wasn't anything crazy. They made sure that the track was clean, and I – enough time which obviously there was that's what happened uh to throw the yellow 
um, and then to gather everybody up, bring the bring the cars that are lapped down down pit road, and then throw the green and, it's, and, and ensure three or four laps of green flag racing. Um, yeah, if that caution came out maybe two or three laps later, maybe they would have had the red flag it because that's the president they sent at the Indianapolis 500. Um, but I thought on Sunday they did a good job. There was enough time to uh, to get everything cleared out. Um, they were kind of sweeping up the marbles a little bit. They didn't even send the sweepers out after that, um, and they let them go back green. So there was there was plenty of time, which was good. Um, but yeah, we'll see in the future if 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 you know maybe St. Louis, maybe there's you know that's a 250 lap race. Does a yellow come out you know on lap 247? Uh, you know and 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 see how they play that. But um, all in all, I thought I thought that they did a good job of of throwing a quick yellow, get everything cleared up, and then sending everybody back out for green. Are we still looking at Alex Blow being our uh, champion? I mean, he's still yeah. very much ahead of Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon in points. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah, not I mean, even look at anywhere it. near close. Yeah, you look at his Toronto race. I mean, it was like, man, the guy's barred back in the field. This is probably going to maybe where Joseph or Scott Dixon can close that gap a little bit. All he does is come home with a second-place finish with a with a broken wing that was hanging on by one of the decals. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is his to lose. Um, and, and I think I think the talk more is will he have it wrapped up? Portland race going into Laguna Stake. I think it's been 17 straight years that the IndyCar Championship has came down to the last race. Um, it might just be a, a situation at Laguna Seca where he he's got to start the race just to clinch the championship and. You know, that, that that could be his last race with Chip Ganassi racing. You know, he wants to go out with the win, so that'll be interesting. But uh, I would be incredibly shocked if he doesn't get it done and, and he's not your champion for the second time in the last three years. Hey, Tony, are you still there? I think we lost Tony. I apologize about that. Well, we lost Tony Donnie. I know he's out at IMS Motor Speedway. Uh, we'll try to catch up with him. I, I don't know what happened. He was talking, and then all of a sudden, he just he just flew away. He was gone. Uh, but he's out there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the IMSA testing, uh, obviously getting ahead of that race coming up in September, and obviously in two weeks, NASCAR and IndyCar on the track out there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway will be out there, and it's going to be a great time. But joining us now from Richmond, uh, Is, is Steve Wilson joining us from Richmond, and I believe we've got him. Steve, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> we had uh, something happen, and uh, Tony was, is out at the Indianapolis um, Motor Speedway, and he was talking, and then all of a sudden, he was gone. <laughs> he just texted me. He said, I was talking, and you were gone. So that that happens uh, sometimes uh, as well. Uh, real quickly, though, uh, and Tony, I mean, you're not Tony, uh, Steve. Uh, Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest, obviously out there in Richmond, but Xfinity, they're in Road America this weekend, correct, right? Yeah, they're up there in Road America uh, later today for the race uh, around 2 o'clock. Great, great. Well, let's uh, let's break down a little bit about what's going on in the Xfinity Series. I know we've got you for a very limited amount of time for that, and we want to respect that. We want to make sure that we get to everything. Uh, but certainly, uh, Namacek is the guy that everybody's looking at in in the Xfinity uh, race certainly coming out of uh, Pocono. Great races out there at Pocono, but John Hunter Namacek is certainly the guy that people are looking at now in the Xfinity Race Series. 
Yeah, right now I think um, Joe Gibbs Rising and that team has really been the ones that we're going to watch, you know, for the remainder of this season. Um, you know, Joe uh, – jeez, John, I didn't even check him. Uh, again, I, I, I always want to <laughs> get ready to say his name. I, I always get ready to say Joe Nemechek because, you know, that's his dad and I always, you know, for some reason. But, no, um, you know, he's been the day. strongest one and we – <laughs> and and we've you know we we've kind of seen you know some of these other teams you know go backwards a lot this year and we've just not seen the powerhouse team of junior motorsports go out there and contend for these wins like we normally would see them out there and even college racing um, I know that um, you know AJ Allmendinger is in the sun on the pole later on today but you know even to those guys that we we've seen them go out and, and they've been ones that you know we we've gotten a lot of uh you know a lot of good finishes out of and we talk about them because you know you know they're they're kind of a team out there that is kind of tied to richard church's racing but at the same time they're they're separated but you know they they've been you know somebody that we talk about a lot but you know this year toyota and 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 joe gibbs racing and john hunter Nemechek, you know you know those 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 guys have really figured something out all season long and you know, I think you know going into it, they're going to be the perennial favorites. You know, heading into the playoffs here in the next couple of weeks, and really for the championship run once we get closer down, you know, to that final four and even into Phoenix. Well, speaking of the Xfinity Series, big news coming out of the Xfinity Series, the future broadcasting home of the NASCAR Xfinity Series will be on the CW Network. And you might want to scratch your head a little bit and say, why the CW Headnet? They've, they've actually, believe it or not, silently becoming a a very big player in the world of, of sports. Uh, uh, sports Business Journal uh, reported this news earlier this week, saying the deal is worth eight hundred million dollars, or approximately one hundred and fifteen million a year. Uh, they'll, they'll begin doing this in twenty twenty five. Will be the first season of a seven year deal through twenty twenty thirty one. Obviously, the CW has had uh, important uh, roles in, in like. Uh, uh, inside of the NFL, I in, in wrote the Indy, uh, the ACC college football and basketball, golf, uh, uh, 100 days to Indy, as I, as, as I just mentioned. So they have been right there in the sports world and sports uh, talking conversation. I'm not sure if they're owned by a bigger company like NBC or something, but uh, starting in 2025, every race, every practice, everything Xfinity will be on the CW network. Uh, uh, thoughts on that, uh, Steve? Good, bad, indifferent? Well, uh, the CW is is owned by uh, Nextar Communications, which is one of the okay. biggest uh, affiliate uh, affiliate uh, owners of uh, NBC and Fox stations okay. in the U.S. Okay. And in fact, they actually own, yeah. So, and in fact, they actually own our our local stations around here on, on the NBC mm-hmm. side. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, they they have a deep tie into you know uh both fox and nbc so you know they they have you know the power to to be able to reach um a large massive audience and you know the cw is going to put everything xfinity on over the air and on their app so nobody is going to have to buy a uh television package or or anything to watch these races you can stick up an antenna and watch every single practice and qualifying and every single race for xfinity with an antenna starting in 2025 and you know yes it's also going to be on their app too 
um, you know, this kind of consolidates things down, you know, that, that we've seen in the truck series. In the truck series, everything is on Fox. And, um, you know, the majority of them, probably 95% of them are on FS1. So every single week, you know, to go to FS1, outside of a couple of races like Daytona or Talladega or a couple of special races like that, that they may stick on the, the Fox uh, station. Um, you know, this kind of, you know, brings that, you know, to one place. Um, <clears throat> and, you know... You, you know, you you know, one of the things is is that you hear a lot of times is that the the TV partners are talking about just the massive overall expense that it takes to produce and to carry all these races between Fox, uh, between Fox, NBC, Cup, you know, Xfinity and trucks, and you know maybe this is a value add to to them in which they can you know still be competitive in that space and be able to carry Cup Series racing, which is definitely the biggest portion of the revenue generator for, for NASCAR and the teams, you know, regardless, but, you know, also be able to be conscious on, you know, what they're spending to, to bring those to the, the, the sports fans that are out there. So, um, you know, this, this gives them, you know, an opportunity for somebody else to kind of take some of that load off of them. And, and you know NASCAR Productions is going to is going to produce all of this out of their concourse facility, which you know they already pretty much do this for you know um, the second half of the truck series and one-off races for Fox and NBC. So you know this isn't something that you know isn't already being done. Um, my question is, is you know I think a good question would be is is that you know how do how do they bring the broadcast team? Um, do they still use Fox and NBC's broadcast booth during their particular portions of the season, or do they hire their own people? And, you know, that brings into a larger question that, you know, does the, do they send uh, somebody to the racetrack every single weekend if they do have their own broadcast people? So, you know, I think there's a couple questions that have to be added and we'll have to or ask, you know, along the way, and hopefully they'll be answered as we get closer to all of this. But, you know, for – for everybody that always says, you know, they want to be able to watch racing, they want to be able to watch it without having to buy a TV package, well, here you go. You can watch all 33 races, practice and qualifying of the Xfinity Series with an antenna. I love it. And you know what? That brings back some old school retro. You know, of course, I, I think most people now have some sort of cable or streaming or whatever. Uh, we, we, we're we cord cutters, so we're completely streaming here uh, at, at, at my house anyway. Uh, we don't we don't buy the, the cable packages, but nonetheless, we stream everything through Hulu and other stuff. We pay for every streaming device out there, and still pay less than what we did for cable. <laughs> but but that's that's neither near here nor there. But there was a time, there was a world, and, and that a lot of us older people remember those worlds where there was a TV antenna. So that's a, it's great that they have the ability to do that. I want to get into some uh, uh, the the Cup Series uh, conversation with you as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about last week. Now I texted you offline, and you, you said, "Well, probably nothing will happen." Uh, but I, it was, the observation between Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick uh, was a little bit immature from uh, Austin Dillon. I mean, everybody wrecks. I mean, it goes to show to me. It goes to show the arrogance that he's at, that he thinks that he's at. Uh, that and and I know that it's been done before. And there's a lot of drivers who have done it. Tony Stewart, uh, Kyle and Kurt Busch have done it. Others have done it. Uh, but I, I think that it does display a certain amount of immaturity. Okay, I got wrecked. They wrecked me out. Let's talk about it maybe in the garage or something. 
or if you know if you want to go fist to fist okay well you know that's as as we saw uh with uh uh name with uh, uh noah noah and and uh, ross chastain yeah they went fist to fist sometimes that happens i just feel like that maybe it's a safety issue for him to launch his helmet at another car going by which he did with tyler reddick what are your takeaways of that uh maybe i'm just reading too uh too much into it but what what were your thoughts there when when uh, Austin Dillon launched his helmet at Tyler Reddick, and he even missed him, he couldn't even hit the dang car. But there are other traffic coming around. I just see that that could be problematic for other traffic that could get involved in something that they weren't involved with, with in any way. So it looks like NASCAR is not going to really do anything to him. But to me, it just displayed a certain level of ar- arrogance and immaturity. Yeah, I mean, you look in uh, Pocono, Pocono last weekend as a whole, and, and um, you know, even Austin Dillon, I, I don't think he was the only one. I mean, you you, you go back and look at um, the the way that Denny Hamlin and uh, that he raised Kyle Larson too. I mean, every single uh, a lot of these incidents that happened right down there in turn one, um, coming out of turn one, right in, going down to that long pong straightaway, or I mean, down the backstretch down to the tunnel car. Um, you know, those cars last weekend seemed like had a um you know, an aerial push issue. Um, if you were on the bottom of the track and you had somebody above you that you're gonna get pushed up to the track, you're gonna get pushed up in, in you know, in through I don't know if it's necessarily through any fault of the driver themselves. It just seemed like a lot of cars were having that same exact issues that we saw between Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick and then once again at the end of the race for for the race for the lead between Denny Hamlin and Scott Larson. You know, ultimately Larson also wrecked too. Um, you know, it just like uh, you know, Austin Dillon did, but you know, you know, Larson was able to keep keep it going and finish out of that at the end of the day. But, you know, as we go back and talk about, you know, them throwing objects and things like that, um, you know, I I've always you know, NASCAR has this thing about, you know, you know, you stay in your car, you don't go on the racetrack, things like that. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, NASCAR looked at that and said that, you know, the penalty basically was gonna be that he was gonna be done for the day anyway. So, you know, he, he penalized his own self by just being done for the day. So, you know, um, you know, I I I, I don't know. I mean the frustrations last weekend seemed to be boiling over everywhere between the heat and between these arrow pushes that these cars were getting and um, you know, Kyle Larson is a much cool, calm, and collected guy, so it's kind of a different situation that we talk about him. But I know that Larson was still, you know, irritated in the way that you know Hamlin, you know, did, um, you know, racing, and I think he made some he made some comments off at the end of the race, you know, reflective of that. But you know, going back to throwing the helmet, you know, I I I don't I don't know. I mean, it's just you know. I, I'd, I'd rather they, you know, like you say, go to the infield, you know, duke it out, push them, push the yellow shove, whatever, you know, then pick up objects and throw at things and throw at people and, you know, necessarily even during the race, you know, too, because, you know, there are a lot of drivers out there that, you know, yes, he missed and yes, it could have caused damage to another car. And, you know, I think that would have been a even, I think that could have been a, a even bigger penalty, you know, either or even a penalty that would have drawn something. Or a reaction out of knocker because you know if he would have thrown that and hit somebody else's car and caused somebody else to you know uh, have to avoid and hit the wall or whatever the case may be, then I think you know we would have seen bigger issues or a bigger response out of NASCAR you know from that 
you know, from that. But no, I think it's just Quincy infield and kind of yell, scream, push, shove, whatever you want to do. I think that's probably the better place for it. Well, uh, we move over to Richmond, which is where you're at. That's your home track, so it must feel good to not have to leave home to go to a race. Uh, so that's good. Uh, but they're at Richmond, and Richmond is on my bucket list to get to. Hopefully, I can I get to that. It's a, it's a quarter quarter of a mile track. Uh, it's there in Richmond, Virginia, obviously. So we're talking about feuds. We talk about uh, uh, competitors uh, being competitors, if you will. You, you talk about the rivalries, we could call it that. Well, will Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson's feud continue? Uh, that would be a question that a lot of people have uh, for this race. Hamlin came out of the win, at the winning end of most of the recent dust-up between the two championship hopefuls, uh, but the, the pain from Pocono Raceway, it will still be fresh on Kyle Larson's mind heading into the track where he's the most recent winner. Uh, and Hamlin insists that he raced Larson with respect and made no contact, but uh, – you know, that wasn't exactly how Kyle Larson saw it. Both drivers have have had their share of success at Rich, Richmond, so it's likely that they will have a business decision to make before it's all said and done there in Richmond. Uh, so those are two drivers that people are looking at, at in Richmond. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, I think they, you know, they, they, it's gonna, tomorrow's going to be hot. It's going to be slick. And, you know, uh, Dan Hamlin has won out there four times. Kyle Larson won there in the spring. Um, you know, you know, both of them have championship hopes that, you know, I know that they're both locked in at this moment and, you know, that's, you know, not a question for them, but, you know, at the same time, you know, they may have to just reset to some degree and, and kind of let this go for now because, you know, uh, I can see that Kyle Larson is going to make it hard on Denny Hamlin, whatever the case may be. If Denny's up there trying to, to race for the win and, you know, Kyle Larson is in a position that he can, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, make it hard for Denny Hamlin. I can see that he's going to do something like that. Um, and, and same way with, uh, you know, Hamlin and Larson. I think this feud will kind of continue in that kind of respect and, um, you know, in that kind of manner. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be hard, you know, come later on tomorrow afternoon when those two guys get out there and, uh, you know, it, 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 Richmond is a place that, you know, traditionally, you know, you have a little bit of room out there to retaliate in to some degree. But, you know, these are two championship contenders at this moment that I don't know if necessarily they want to, you know, do that because, you know, the, the, the stage points and everything that are needed, you know, between these two guys that they need to, you know, kind of respect that at this moment. Well, you know, this is Kevin Harvick's uh, farewell tour, if you will, and uh, tomorrow night might be his his time to shine. Harvick has an, had a, an incredible track record at Richmond, winning four times. Most recently, uh, this race, uh, the same race one year ago at the at the difficult short track, he has reeled off uh, an incredible twelve to twelve top ten finishes in his last fourteen starts, including nine top fives through uh, winless seasons, though. Uh, but uh, the closer is clearly picking up a pace in pursuit of locking down a playoff berth. This could happen Sunday night for Kevin Harvick, and it'd be a great win for him. Yeah, Kevin last year came into this race, or, you know, he came into this race who just had been the the winner the previous week in Michigan. And, you know, it, it was a it was a race, in, or it, it was so late in the year that he was in danger of the fact of even missing the playoffs altogether. 
uh, until he got these back-to-back wins between Michigan and Richmond, uh, including, like I said, in this race last year. Um, you know, Kevin has had kind of a, a checkered history there at the Speedway, you know, being able to win. But, you know, we've also seen him very frustrated with drivers out there that we've talked, just talked about in kind of retaliation um, between him and Ricky Rudd many years ago while they were racing for the race for the win. Um, you know, the two of them did end up, uh, you know, getting together and then uh, making, you know, taking this to pit road. So, you know, uh, you know, we, we don't necessarily see that Kevin Harvick anymore. We see a much smarter Kevin Harvick. And, you know, he needs he needs he needs to he needs to be able to get out there. You know, I I I think he's okay at this moment. We've got a couple more races to go, but a win will definitely solidify that for the playoffs for him. Well, we're right here at the playoffs and there's a lot of drivers that are on the bubble and then some of the bubble watchers that we're watching is Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace. And of course, there's more that we would look at on the bubble. But those three drivers, they've got to do something if they're going to hope to get into the playoffs. And I, I still go back that, that Chase Elliott would be in the playoffs now if it wasn't for his own stupidity on two different occasions and, or immaturity or whatever you want to call it. I think he, he's his own worst enemy uh, when it comes to getting into the playoffs this year. So he's certainly on the bubble because of that. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts of, of our bubble drivers going into Richmond tomorrow? Yeah, last week with Daniel Suarez was not was not a good week for him at all. I mean, he was right there on the bubble in which he needed, you know, to have come away with a good finish and some stage points and just wasn't able to do that. Uh, ultimately, he was put out of the race last week. So, I mean, that's already damaged his um, kind of uh, his championship hopes. So, I think he's he's at a point where he's going to have to win at this moment. And so is Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott is has no choice but to win. There, there's just not enough points. There's not enough races out there for him to point himself in. So, you know, we go and we look and, you know, see what, what's available out there for, for Chase Elliott. And may, maybe, you know, may, maybe one of these road courses, because Elliott has uh, seemed to be a, a, a coming up into his own as a proficient uh, uh, driver on these road courses. And you've got Indian, you've got Watkins Glen, are two possibilities out there for him. So um, Michigan is, is is a possibility, but I, I think you look to one of those two, either Indy or you look to um, uh, Watkins Glen for him to come off and potentially get a victory at one of those two to lock himself in. But he, he's at a point that he just doesn't have any other opportun- options at this moment, but it's either win or he misses out. Talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor. I know we only got to you for just a couple more minutes. How strong is Joe Gibbs racing coming in this weekend? They've, they've won six out of the last ten uh, Richmond races. Uh, is this going to be a, a JGR uh, race weekend? Yeah, I think you just kind of see that continue on. And, and, and you know, if, if Kyle Larson doesn't uh, ruffle up Denny Hamlin too much, uh, you know, he's – you know he's got he's 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 got a pile of wins there, and I, I think you have to even still look at Kyle Busch because of the fact that yeah he won a bunch of races there with Joe Gibbs Racing, but um, you know he seems to be still be strong even though that he's moved over to that. So I I would put between the two of those between Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch uh, this weekend between your kind of two perennial favors because the two of them have 10 wins out there as the most, um, active wins at this moment between the drivers. 
You know, I always like to root for the underdog, if you will, and I, I've been enjoying watching Alex Bowman. You know, to, to put it simply, Bowman, like his teammate Chase Elliott, probably needs to win to get into the playoffs. But unlike Elliott, Bo- Bowman will presumably fly under the radar from here on out, making him a surefire underdog reach victory lane. And Bowman enters uh, Sunday's race with 45 to 1 odds, so maybe put a little money, might make a little money off of him. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, leaving him stacked up behind a host of other favorite contenders. But if you were to look for a, uh, hey, I like to root for the underdog, wouldn't you say Alex Bowman would definitely be one of those guys? Yeah, I mean, he really is. I mean, you, you, he's, he really is an under-the-radar kind of guy, a guy in a lot of respects. And then, you know, he pops out and, and pulls off a victory in some of the most unlikely places or the most unlikely <laughs> times. And, and, you know, this, you know, for him to do it at this point in the season, um, you know, at a place like Richmond, um, you know, I, I, I think personally, you know, that would be – you know, kind of, it would really fire up the, the, the playoff standings in a lot of different ways and, and throw a lot of people, you know, both in and out. You know, you got McDowell down there. you got um, Bob Wallace down there. You've got a couple other drivers down there that are all trying to get in and right now have the opportunity to get in if, unless somebody like an Alex Bowman does show up and spoils the day. Last question for you. Uh, the- Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Ricky Stelmoff Jr. All they got to do uh, to win is to is to win, and they're in. So, out of those drivers that I mentioned, are any of those going to get their win to get in tomorrow? Um, who who were the other? They were. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Ricky Steinhouse Jr. Uh, I think Chastain. Chastain is, um, you know, that that team has been very strong. Trackhouse racing as a whole is very strong. Um, you know, we've we've kind of seen a little bit, you know, uh, with Suarez this year by going backwards a little bit, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not a strong team at all. Um, so I I would say, you know, give give that one potentially to Ross Chastain. So is Ross Chastain your official five dollar DraftKings uh, pick of the week? No, I, I'm actually, you know, if, he, if we're going for the five dollar pick of the week, then I, I'm going for uh, I'm going for Denny Hamlin to take the win. Denny Hamlin, we got it. Steve Wilson out at Richmond Speedway, uh, covering all the action on uh, SpeedwayDigest.com. Check it out; it's really the best place for all things NASCAR, really all things uh, sports car racing, uh, uh, IndyCar, what have you. It's it's there at SpeedwayDigest.com. I know I just said where you're at, but where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com for all our content. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good release weekend. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Steve Wilson. Editor-in-Chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, joins us for Down to Richmond. Happens to be his home track as well, uh, so he doesn't have to get on an airplane uh, uh, to go cover a race. So that's always good. Uh, I used to do that, and I know that the, the traveling gets uh, gru- uh, gruesome, tiresome. Uh, let's hope it doesn't get gruesome. I'm Scott Marcos, El Presidente. We'll be right back. When we get back, we're going to be talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. The NFL has broken down camp, broke camp, or no, started camp. Right back, right here on the Balance Radio Network. Black and white. 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Thank you, Adam Jividen, for joining us for Breaking Down Big Ten 
uh, Media Days, which was here in Indianapolis. And all the, I worked downtown, all downtown Indianapolis. As you can imagine, with all Big Ten, we had an event at the Eagle, which is a restaurant pub, uh, in, on Wednesday afternoon, and it was nothing but Big Ten media there. So, uh, Adam, uh, breaking down what was going on in the Big Ten, and obviously we're getting into conversation some more here in a moment uh, about uh, Jim Harbaugh just can't get out of his own way. Also, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast, and uh, the fan place is out at IMS, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, for the IMSA sports car uh, testing, obviously ahead of their uh, big sports car race here in Indianapolis in September. And in two weeks, uh, we'll be out there ourselves uh, with Tony hanging out and covering IndyCar and NASCAR at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the track the same weekend. And then uh, we had Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, calling from his home track in Richmond, Virginia, where NASCAR rolls in to uh, Richmond and breaking down what's going on there. But joining us now, we always save the very best for last. I mean, you know, you think Oppenheimer, the story of Oppenheimer is great. The story of Ed Kraft is greater. Ed Kraft's <laughs> being right, of course, at Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Our official NFL contributor, how are you doing, sir? Happy Saturday. Hey, uh, 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 happy Saturday, Tom. Happy Saturday. Hey, did you, have you seen Oppenheimer yet? Speaking of We're going tomorrow. We are, we are um, going tomorrow. We we wanted to go to the one downtown, the IMAX downtown, because apparently the way this film was shot, there's only 19 theaters. That, there's only 19 theaters in the United States. You can see that original shooting, the IMAX type shooting. And Indianapolis downtown is one of them. But apparently it broke. So they had to push back a lot of uh, viewings. And, and so we couldn't get tickets to see it this weekend there. So we are going to IMAX, but the one on the south side of town. Um, it was a hard choice, Ed, between Oppenheimer and, and the Barbie movie. Sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> there, of course. You know, I, I don't get it. I, I, guess, I guess I don't understand what the whole, all the hype is behind the Barbie movie. I know a lot of people like it. It's getting a lot of rave. A lot of people at work liked it. But I, I there's a guy on my team. I said, I, he went, he goes, no, it was just exactly what you thought it would be. Cheese after cheese after cheese. You know, it's. You know, you like a lot of cheese in your macaroni and cheese. You don't like a lot of cheese in your movie. He said it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that steals it for me because I'm not going to go see Barbie. <laughs> well, I think you, if you went, you, you know, you and, and Melissa should dress up as Ken and Barbie. I mean, you know, right? Isn't that what the what they're doing? Is people are dressing up to go to see this thing? Ken and Barbie. I, I mean, that's what I've heard. I, I am. You know, I asked my daughter. I said, "Are you going to see it?" She goes, "No." No, no, no. So, see, I raised the rate. Another confusing thing to me, and, and I guess I'm reading too much into this, but for years we've heard, oh, if you let your daughter play with Barbie dolls, uh, then she's going to grow up with, you know, body shaming and, and food eating disorders and all of this. And then they make a movie about Barbie. I digress. But I am looking very, mm. very – I don't usually get excited about movies. I mean, there's movies I want to see, but this one I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be – really the best it's going to live up to the hype and i've i've heard there's just all kinds of a-list stars in it throughout the entire movie you're going to go see it uh, i i am going to go see it um and i'm going to make sure i don't drink much water or anything before i go because it's a three-hour long movie i don't it's a, you it's know three hours, I, right? I, I, but there's also another and we're having this debate today what we're going to go see oppenheimer or am i i'll say my daughter saw barbie yesterday and she really liked it 
Um, but okay. we're deciding today, my wife and me, between Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible. I really want to see Mission Impossible. Ooh. I love those action shots that they do. Yeah. And um, So we're on the fence. We'll see them both at some point, I would hope. But we're having that debate right now as to what we're going to go see later this afternoon. So I will let you we know which text we choose. Yeah. Well, uh, my uh, one of my teammates went to see Mission Impossible and just said it's the best movie many seen in a long time, but he has not yet seen Oppenheimer. So, yes, that was yeah, on our that, list. We thought we got to go see this movie. You know, yeah. To me, these are big screen type movies, right? Like you said, the IMAX for Oppenheimer, and you know, you you can wait till they come out on your you know your fifty five inch television or eighty five, whatever you got. But it's just I don't think it's the same as going in there and hearing it and sense around whatever they film it in. But you know, these are these are two good movies. That I think you need to see. Uh, on the biggest screen you possibly can. Absolutely. I'm really excited. We're going with a group of friends of ours. Uh, so we're, uh, you know, really, we got the tickets earlier this week. And so, and there really wasn't much of a choice for, we're going at the 1230 showing, but there really wasn't much tickets available throughout the day. So it is what it is. I'm excited about it. But the reason yeah. I told you is not to be our, our uh, pop culture <laughs> expert, but uh, <laughs> Have you I got to talk about the NFL? I, and you're going into your. Did you say? Did I see you say your 13th year covering the Eagles? Yeah. That what I saw? Full full time. Yeah. Now I've been. I you know, it. Before that, I was you know kind of like the second or third guy when they got to the playoffs, and I would write the fan piece or the, you know, the extra sidebar piece. So, you know, I did. I have been covering them since probably 2001, but full time, it's been 13 years. So. Uh, yeah, get it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for cake, man. You can get me a cake anytime. It doesn't have to be there to you celebrate go. this, you know. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's dive into your notebook, if you will. Uh, let's talk. Uh, obviously, the the all eyes are on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, obviously, so uh, he wasn't featured in the quarterback uh, documentary, but maybe should have been. Uh, but have you seen that one, by the way? I have not. Have you you know, I know you and I have talked about it and how you, you've yeah, been you enjoying need to. it. And we finished it. I do. Yeah. They well, asked, uh, according to Hertz, Hertz, Jalen Hertz said the other day, he told us that he was asked to do it last year and he was okay. asked to do it again this year. And he turned it down. He said he doesn't think it's appropriate. He wants to focus on the team and, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, you see that with the hard knock stuff. Nobody wants to do hard knocks anymore because it's so invasive yeah. with, uh, you know, the cameras and the, you know, all the people it takes to put that show on. So <clears throat> it's great. I guess that's it's great. Yeah. I, 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 spoiler alert though. There's a big thing at the end of the series, uh, that you may not want to watch. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, what you can tell super, me. I'm what, not what, sure what, I'll get to it. No. With the Super Bowl, with the Kansas City Chiefs went in the Super Bowl. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's been, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that's really been one of the themes at camp so far here in Philadelphia is all these Super Bowl questions. I mean, I, I've moved on. I think the players have moved on. I think they're tired of answering it. I, yeah. you know, I think Nick Sirianni kind of shut it down. You know, I mean, okay. you can Love get it. so wrapped up in that and you just show up and expect to go back to the Super Bowl, but you can't do that. You know, you have to concentrate every day. And it's cliche of, of just getting better each day, right? You can't say, oh, we're looking to get back to the Super Bowl because it's it's a long journey. And, you know, you need some luck. You need to stay healthy. A lot of things that go into it. And there's a reason teams don't get back 
the following year. You know, it's it's hard to do. Um, it doesn't happen often. I mean, the Patriots made it look routine with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but it's tough. It's a tough uh, journey to to go through, especially now that get, you know seasons are 17 games long. So there's that extra game. It's it's it's, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. So. You know, the Eagles are getting all these questions about it, but they're trying to put them to rest so they stop being asked about it. Well, one that's one question that aren't being asked by the Colts, and they don't need luck to get to the to the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, they might need Richardson. Maybe Richardson's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. All I want to do, I, I, I hear he's been lighting it up in, in practice, and I know people have went out there and said he's just throwing bullets. I, I just I hope that we can get to a point of starting him, but I hope it's not right away. Let's go into the Eagles practice notes, though. Obviously, everybody's watching Jalen Hurts uh, through two practices. Uh, would you say that he's performed as expected, uh, uh, which maybe isn't a bad thing? But Jalen Hurts, watch, if you will. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he set a pretty high bar last year, obviously, right? I mean, he's the runner-up in the MVP, played probably – one of the better games we've seen a quarterback play in the Super Bowl, aside from his fumble, of course, which was really a game-defining uh, moment in that game, um, you know, the, the return for a touchdown uh, after he fumbled. But, you know, he played a, a terrific game. Uh, you know, he scored 13 rushing t- <clears throat> touchdowns last year, and uh, threw for 22 touchdown passes, only six interceptions. So he, he set the bar pretty high. Um you know, and he looks pretty good in camp. I mean, listen, we've only been out there a couple of days, and uh, he doesn't seem to be putting the ball in harm's way. Uh, you know, he hasn't been intercepted yet. He's thrown maybe four touchdown passes during team drills. Um, but, you know, the, his teammates are talking about how he's so far ahead in the offense. He's already talking about uh, plays with some of this veteran core that he has back. You know, the Eagles are pretty much the same team on offense as they were last year, aside from the running back spot where – Miles Sanders isn't the guy anymore, but DeAndre Swift had a pretty good practice day yesterday. Uh, he's new. Rashad Penny's back there. So players are saying, you know, this guy, he's talking about plays we haven't even installed yet about, you know, where I could have gone in a pattern or how I should have settled down here to, you know, uh, and turn around and look for the ball. And, you know, he's just mentally so much more comfortable than he was last year even uh, and, and maybe that'll pay dividends as we go along. You know, I mean, there's no questioning his work ethic and his hunger and his passion for the game. And, <clears throat> you know, if he's, if he's going to be mentally ahead of things now, I mean, that's about all you can ask for in these early days of camp. But, you know, uh, Jalen's still the same guy, you know, when you talk to him, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's very mm-hmm. mature for his age of 24 years old. And, um, you know, he's just an impressive individual. And, you know, we'll see if that translates into another MVP type season from him. Um, but, you know, Tom, there, there's another Jalen that everybody's talking about, and that's Jalen Carter, their first round mm-hmm. pick. They had, had two first rounders, uh, two Georgia kids. Jalen Carter came ninth overall, and Nolan Smith came 30th. And Jalen Carter has just made some really impressive plays. He's just a strong, fast guy up front, and he's got the speed to kind of loop around the edge on a, on a, on a you know, a stunt. Uh, you know, he's got the, the strength and to, to push in double teams. I saw him make a play yesterday where he was being double teamed and he just kind of reached off the both sides shoulder pads and pushed the two guys into one another and they just fell down. Now this was against second team uh, offensive linemen, but he just pushed them into one another and they fell and he tried to get over the pile up 
to force the quarterback, but the quarterback had already released the ball. But, I mean, he just has size and strength. And uh, I firmly think he's going to be in the conversation for the defensive rookie of the year. Well, I think so. Uh, you know, going back to quarterbacks, and, um, Marcus Mariota was featured in this uh, uh, documentary on, on Netflix quarterbacks. But Marcus Mariota, I hear he's doing all right in practice. I mean, obviously, we know going in that he's the QB, too, uh, behind Jalen Hurts. And, and, you know, and they, they made reference about this into the, uh, uh, in, in the documentary. You know, Marcus Mariota is your um, – guy that's always there to help somebody else like he he was there to groom the the first round draft pick in Atlanta they talked about the story about him Marcus Mariota is just a real I I learned a lot about him in in the documentary uh I know Netflix isn't paying me to keep talking about it but I'm just saying it's fresh (laughs) in my mind uh but but Marcus Mariota I I feel like he's a good QB2 for the Eagles I, I mean He's been with just about every team in the NFL, but that's neither here nor there. Except for he has not ever been with the Colts, though. Uh, but uh, right. Mark not Mariota, yet. Not yet. What do you? Uh, yeah. Yes. Don't don't jinx it there. Uh, don't jinx it there. We got <laughs> we got uh-huh. enough problem with the quarterback situation. But Marcus Mariota, what do you, what are your thoughts as you, as you watch him in practice in camp and as he, as he develops into an eagle? And you got to again. I'm sorry I keep going back to this, but he really left a bad case with Atlanta when he was in Atlanta and they go into detail about that in the, um, in the uh, documentary. One more time. I'll say it. check out quarterbacks on Netflix where there we go. But Marcus Mariota, uh, what are your thoughts of him as an Eagle? Uh, yeah. Day one, first day of practice, he, he struggled. He didn't, didn't look real good. He threw a couple interceptions, uh, didn't look real comfortable, but then he came back and, and he had a really good day of practice yesterday. I thought he looked more comfortable. He was able to, you know, keep plays alive a little bit with his feet. Um, but, you know, but some of my colleagues, there's one or two colleagues who think Gardner Minshew was a better, is a better backup than Marcus Mariota. Um, and, and maybe he is, I don't know, but uh, I, I think Mariota is, you know, I mean, he was the second overall pick in the, what, the 2015 draft or the 26, I think it was 2015, maybe 2016, but um, you know, he, he, so he's got, you know, obviously he's got the pedigree, uh, but now he has a body of work, uh, some successes, some failures, never really lived up to being, you know, that uh, to his draft pick status. But, yeah, we'll see as, as a backup. I mean, he's probably going to get some time for the Eagles. I mean, based on Jalen Hurts, I mean, in his two seasons as a starter, he hasn't been able to play all 17 games. He had an ankle injury uh, two years ago. He had a shoulder injury last year, missed a, missed a little bit of time. So, uh, you, you got to think based on that track record, Mariota is going to need to step in and maybe, you know, play a couple games. But if you need him for, you know, 10 to 12 games, if Hurts suffers a serious injury, I, I'm not real confident at this point that, you know, he can win you enough games to get you into the playoffs. But it's early. You know, I never saw him really work before until he, stor- until, until he joined the Eagles. And now I'm kind of watching him a little bit. And like I said, it's kind of been – he was down, and then he built himself up and had a good day of practice. We'll see if he can stack more, more of those good days as, as camp goes on. Is uh is Grant Catalora is he your uh, tight end? For well, Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard's the tight end. You know, they're, you know, he's one of the top tight ends in the league. Top, you know, probably right after, you know, Kelsey and Kittles. You know, he's probably you know in the top five for sure. Dallas Goddard, and he signed through twenty twenty five, and 
So they you know, did get he his probably contract would've... signed. That was. Oh, I'm sorry. They did get his contract signed because I had heard earlier on in the week on some other shows that they were still looking at some contract. Maybe I'm confusing him with another eagle, but yeah. That, that, yeah, that's where the conversation with Calcaterra was coming up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, Calcaterra. Uh, I, you know, look, the Eagles have a pretty deep tight end room, and you know, Goddard is at the head of it. You know, he could have had a thousand yard season last year. He missed five games. With with a shoulder injury, he still finished with 750-plus yards receiving. You know, I think five more games, obviously, he's over 1,000 yards. And then the Eagles would have had A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard with 1,000 yards receiving. Um, but it wasn't to be. But he's still the guy. I mean, he's you know he's a very good player. Uh, Pro Bowl talent, without question. And then after that, you have Jack Stoll, who's more of a blocker. Grant Calcaterra, who's more of a receiver. And they signed Dan Arnold, who was a veteran tight end, who can do both, catch and block. And then you have Tyree Jackson, you know, a six seven kid that played quarterback at the University of Buffalo. He's in his third or fourth year trying to transition from quarterback to tight end. And he's been battling some injuries the last couple of years. If he's healthy, he, he's had a good couple of days of camp. Um, so very deep room. They, they're not going to keep everybody. And I would suspect whoever doesn't make the roster at tight end is going to be swooped up by somebody else because there, there's a lot of talent there. And uh, But Goddard is the head of the class, and he signed through 2025. Maybe what you heard was Devontae Smith. Uh, you right. Contract. Sure. Yeah. He, he's a guy that has, you know, he has this year and next year left on his contract. But, you know, you like to get your deal done before your final year. So he's kind of approaching this. I think Devontae Smith is as a, a contract year for him. And, you know, he had a great year last year, set the, the team record for most catches in a season. He had 95 receptions. He had, uh, you know, close to 1,200 yards. He had seven touchdowns. I mean, he's a bona fide star, uh, him and A.J. Brown. Um, so we'll see. I, you know, we'll see. The Eagles salary cap is always one of those deals where – it always looks like they don't have a lot of money, but then suddenly Howie Roseman finds a way and signs him. But, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money to sign Devontae Smith to a long-term deal after his rookie deal's over. Yeah. Well, you know, let's, uh, we're talking with Ed Krause, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We're talking about NFL camps and, and uh, talking about the Eagles. Let's move around uh, the NFL into different camps. Uh, before we get into my Colts talk and Anthony Richardson and all, all of that, the Bengals had a situation with Joe Burrow. Uh, he was carted off the field with a calf injury. Apparently, it was a non-contact type of calf injury. But you think that he had his Achilles uh, uh, heel last season, and issue, he's been dealing with issues with Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, conversations are already starting. Let's are we moving beyond uh, Joe Burrow? Uh, I mean, is he is, is he hit his peak? Is he hit his limit? But Joe Burrow he carted off the field. Uh, earlier this week after an injury and the the video showed him just kind of rolling around and where he was clearly in pain, something happened, something snapped. So you wonder if that Achilles is coming back to haunt him. Joe Burrell's what he thought. Yeah. You know, I thought they were going to release something last night or yesterday afternoon as to what, you know, what the status was. I haven't seen anything. I, you know, maybe I missed it. Yeah, but uh, if they haven't, I mean, that was the report was they were going to come out with a statement uh, uh, yesterday afternoon, and I don't, I didn't, don't remember seeing anything. Uh, I was pretty wrapped up, you know, with the Eagles coverage to kind of really pay too close of attention. So I don't know, but you're right. I mean, listen, the 
he's a guy that still needs a new contract too, right? I think this is the final year uh, of his deal. Uh, You know, we've seen Justin Herbert in LA get, you know, a mammoth contract. You know, we saw Lamar Jackson in Baltimore get paid big money. Jalen Hurts got paid, you know, for four days there, Jalen Hurts was the highest paid NFL player. And then Lamar Jackson got his contract. Justin Herbert got his now. He's the highest player. And, you know, Joe Burrow is still waiting for his. Um, and if the Bengals were smart, I think I would just go ahead and try to get this deal done. Uh, you know, injuries aside, I mean, Burrow's a, you know, he's a top quarterback in this league and, um, you hope that the calf isn't too serious and that he'll be healthy oh, okay. and ready to go for the opener. Apparently it is. I'm looking at a tweet from just a few hours ago, Cincinnati Bengals head coach Zach Taylor told reporters in Cincinnati that he expects quarterback Joe Burrow to be sidelined several weeks in quotation marks Ooh. due to his Right calf injury. Burrow is carted off the field after being injured in a drill during team's training at camp practice on Thursday. Burrow was rolling his right during an 11-on-11 drill when he came up limping with a non-contact right leg. So several weeks, whatever hmm. that means. So Well, hopefully it means uh, it's just till the end of August. <laughs> and yeah, that's a good update. That's more than I saw. But hopefully several weeks is just the month of August and you know, he gets back and, you know, is ready to go for, you know, the September 10th, I guess, is when the opener is for most teams. And I'm assuming that's what it is for Cincinnati. So, you know, hopefully he's ready to go because you just hate to see star players get hurt. You know, we saw Jalen Ramsey in Miami go down with, a, mm-hmm. you know, a knee meniscus. He had a cleanup. He's out until December. Um, you know, you hate, you hate to see star players get hurt. And, you know, I would hate to see Joe Burrow miss any significant time. I couldn't. I don't even know who the backup is in Cincinnati, Tom, if you have to, if you have to turn Tom. to him. Yeah. But uh, he needs a contract is, is my thinking, and the Bengals should, you know, make good on that. I mean, listen, injuries aside, the guy's a stud, and he's going to be in this league, I think, for, for you know, at least the next 10 years. Uh, and, you know, let's get it done and get him a contract and hope the injury heals up in time for game one. Well, all 32 teams have officially kicked off uh, their training camp this week, and now we can officially say it. Football is back. Woo-hoo. We got our fantasy football. Yeah. I, I ask you every year. I know the answer, but you're going to play fantasy football with us? <laughs> I, man, hey. Tom, I, I, you know, yeah, I got to come I, up I, for errors sometime. I, mean, I, 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 I realize it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the past few days in the NFL have, have just been completely wild. Let's, let's uh, go out to West 56th Street here in Indianapolis to the Farm Bureau, Indiana Farm Bureau uh, Training Camp Center. Uh, but uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts rookie Anthony Richardson is one of the most uniquely talented athletes in, his, in the history of football. Everybody's really excited to see. Like I said, uh, I know at, at Friday's training camp practice, he showed off a lot of the special combinations that he has. He just has the ability to throw bullets. And we were going to head out there, but we just ran out of time in a day yesterday. So we didn't get out there. Uh, but, you know, the Colts were in the bottom third of the league uh, in, a, you know, just we've I hope and pray that we have the quarterback situation. We've, there's a lot of other things that we have to fix and it was addressed uh, by Greg Ballard in, in the in the draft. It, a lot of that stuff holes are being attempted to be fixed, but all eyes are on our quarterback situation. Anthony Richardson. And here's where everybody's like, you know, the local media is saying, yeah, let's get him out there. If he's not ready, he shouldn't sign the contract, blah, blah, blah. I say, and this is just me because I'm ultra conservative and I don't want another issue, 
let's let Gartner Minshew win the six, seven games for us that he can and then put in Anthony Richardson. But meet me halfway. Uh, you know, let's let's see what he does in the – first of all, let's see what he does in the preseason because we'll see him in the preseason. He's going to get that welcome to the NFL hit. How does he bounce back from that hit? And then if he – if all looks good, let's just at least three games to four games, let him be in real game action because I think – Compared to a lot of other rookie quarterbacks, he didn't. He does not really have an extensive resume. So let's just let him learn from Gartner Minshew, who is a, a great mentor and teacher for him, and then let's gradually work him into the game instead of throwing him in game one uh, of, of the season. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I saw one of Richardson's teammates say, you know, he can flick his wrist and the ball goes 60 yards. Uh, you know, that's nice. And uh, it's all well and good to be able to do that, but the quarterback position comes down to decision making and you know seeing and understanding a defense and being able to read a defense is just as important, if not the most important thing for a quarterback as as much as his arm strength and accuracy and all that and uh you know the only way to really get that kind of experience is to go out there you know and see it to experience it, to understand it, to make mistakes and to learn from them so you don't make the same mistake again. You know, we saw it with Jalen Hurts in his first year as a starter. You know, he, the the whole decision-making and understanding defense is, is something that was pretty obvious. He still needed time to learn with, and they were still able to win games, the Eagles, because they had a pretty talented roster. But, uh, you know, the only way to get that experience is to play. Um, and, you know, it's kind of that catch-22 is, you know, you want them to make mistakes, but you want them to learn from them, and you want them to be teachable and coachable mistakes. Because Shane Steichen, to me, the head coach, is a great teacher, and uh, you know, he'll he'll get Richardson to understand how to play the position. Um, and I and I, I'd be excited about Richardson. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. But you're right with that. Welcome to the NFL uh, hit that he's probably going to get at some point. You know, uh, how's he going to bounce back from it? It's, is he going to be unrattled and just get up and keep playing like nothing happened? Or, you know, will that impact him and will he start, you know, seeing shadows and be affected by it? And, and you know, that mm-hmm. would, of course, you know, ruin his play. But uh, I, I'd be excited about him. I don't know if he's going to start week one. I mean, I, I heard Shane Steichen in an interview yesterday say that, you know, they did a lot of tight red zone work and he liked his decision making, you know, knowing where to go with the ball. And, right. You know, when when the field gets condensed like that, that's where you really have to understand where you're going with the football. And if he can figure that part out, you know, I think the physical skill set is all there. Uh, it's just getting that mental up to speed. And, you know, I think, you know, he'll get there. Uh, whether it's week one or week four or five, whenever, uh, he's the guy. He's going to be the quarterback of the future in Indianapolis. And I, and I think, you know, the future is bright, to be honest. I think he's got everything you're going to want in a quarterback. But like you said, there's some other holes on the team, and you know they have to build other pieces to that roster. Um, but you got the you got the key one, I think, and that's the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Spikey did say in an interview, you know, we'll, we'll pay play him when he's ready. Uh, and then Chris Ballard yesterday, uh, and I'm just reading his quote. It goes that discussion. Mr. Ursay, Shane Spikey, and the coaching staff are all all of us will have. You don't want him to put him in out there until he's not if he's not ready to handle it we'll put him in when he's ready what they think and how the coaches think and evaluate that that'll be a decision they have to make but when he's 
able to play, he will play. But until he's ready, we'll make that determination. But we'll pay yeah. pay him when he's ready. So, I mean, uh, they by they're singing the right song, and it seems like they're taking the the cautious approach, if you will. Uh, so there's some excitement and buzz in the air about the Indianapolis Colts, and we haven't been able to do that in a while. So we stand by. More to come. More to come. Uh, so let's uh, talk a little bit about the Panthers, uh, my granddaughter's favorite team. Bryce Young is named as the Panthers starter. Uh, that is a, a statement, I guess. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, he's picked. Was the first pick overall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't guarantee you're the starter, but I guess they like what they're seeing of him down there in camp. And, you know, Frank Reich is another uh, very good teacher who can get, you know, a quarterback up to speed mentally. Uh, and, you know, we'll see with Bryce Young. My concern was always the size thing with him. Uh, you know, can he withstand the, the hits that he's probably going to take? I'm not real familiar with the, Offensive line in Carolina. I know they drafted the kid from NC State last year uh, to play guard, big kid. Um, but, you know, I don't know too many parts of that O line. So you're going to have to keep him clean, I think, and try to keep him healthy. Um, you know, that's my concern with him. But I guess, you know, look, he's the number one pick overall. You know, roll him out there. I don't know who he's competing with. I know they traded Sam Darnold to, you know, San Francisco. Um, I don't know who the competition is for Bryce Young, but, you know, he's probably the best guy, and that's why they're going to roll with him. Let's move on over to the AFC South and uh, another team that we always contend with, and that's the Houston Texans. Houston Texans and the OTAs have been rotating reps between third-year pro uh, pro Davis Mills, uh, Davis Mills, and uh, obviously C.J. Stroud. Again, the situation is when do you start? If C.J. Stroud is the future of the Texans, uh, again, C.J. Stroud, um, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, he's just an absolute stud as well out of Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they named – I don't think D'Amico Ryans has picked his number one quarterback yet. They're still kind of battling it out, um, which is good. You know, you want you don't want to be giving anybody anything at this point in the season unless you're far and away the best, uh, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean – yeah, we'll see. I mean, Davis Mills has the experience. Uh, C.J. Stroud obviously has all the talent and ability in the world. And, you know, I, I think the Texans, they could surprise some teams this year. I know they're in your division there with Indianapolis. I'd, I'd be concerned about the Texans. They had a good draft. Uh, I'm a big fan of D'Amico Ryans as a person, having played here in Philadelphia for several years, got to know him as a linebacker, and then, of course, his work as the defensive coordinator with the 49ers. So I think he's going to be a really good head coach. And, you know, they got some talent in, in you know, in, in play there. Uh, I like the running back, a uh, kid from Florida, Damian Pierce, second year. The kid's a bowling ball. I got to talk to him a little bit at the combine when he was coming out and just a really fun personality to, you know, very engaging guy. So, uh, you know, the defense, they added Will Anderson. I mean, they're a team that is, to me, on the rise. I don't know if this year, the, you know, they'll win 10 games, but, you know, they're a team to be on the lookout for. And, you know, once C.J. Stroud figures it out and becomes the number one quarterback, they're even going to be more dangerous. Well, real quickly, before we have to wrap it up and put a bow on it, obviously all eyes are also on the Jets. And Aaron Rodgers is 
with the Jets now, obviously in the offseason, biggest news uh, probably of the offseason, he decided that he was going to go to the Jets, and that's where he is at. And all the buzz around the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one, I think he can get it done this year. I think he can. I think he's going to do well and excel well. And if you're a Jets fan, um, you got to ask your, yourself, you know, is, is, is he the Messiah for you? Also, Dalvin Cook, I heard, uh, made a visit to the Big Apple as well. Uh, that might be teaming up with Aaron Rodgers. That will be a uh, a big sign for the Jets as well. They are all stops out. They have, you know, we're all in on this year being our Super Bowl year. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's not. But uh, I am curious to jump on the Aaron Rodgers watch train and see what happens. It's a young team in New York. You know, they're still learning how to win, um, except for Rodgers, you know, and he came had a bad year last year. You know, I saw him come through Philadelphia against the Eagles. The Eagles, you know, held, you know, they outscored him, really. It was a high-scoring game. Aaron Rodgers put up some decent numbers, but not good enough. And, you know, had more interceptions last year than he probably had in his whole career. But, you know, he's 39 years old. Uh, you know, he's probably feeling reborn, you know, mentally, going to a new city, a new team, new roster, new everything. Um, so I think he's going to come out and play pretty well. And he's going to try to lead this young team. I mean, they've got a lot of talent on that roster. And I think Cook said, Dalvin Cook said that he does want to sign with the Jets and thinks that's just a matter of time before it happens. So, you know, they're, they're going to be awfully dangerous. And I know the Eagles played them this year. The Eagles have to go up there uh, to the Meadowlands to, to, to face them. And uh, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, uh, I think the Jets have all the talent in the world to unseat the Buffalo Bills, who have won the AFC East now for several years in a row, I think. And, um, you know, since the Pates, since Brady left New England, it's been the Bills' division. So um, I think the I think the Jets have – that's going to be a tough division. you got the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, the Patriots, uh, and the Eagles play that division this year too. So you're going to see all these teams firsthand. But – I think the Jets have all the ability and all the talent in the world that Rodgers can, you know, re- regain some of the magic he, that he had, the, the four-time MVP uh, at 39 years old. I think they, they could be a contender to win that division. Um, yeah, well, you know, we'll see. I, I like, you know, Garrett Wilson's a good receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, you know, Rodgers has already talked about him as like the Devontae Adams, similar to Devontae Adams. So, uh you know, I, I think the Jets are going to be pretty tough this year. I really do. And, uh, it'd be good to see. I mean, you know, they haven't been good for so long. They haven't been in the playoffs for a while. I mean, I always like to see some of these teams that haven't experienced the postseason kind of rise up and, and try to get in, uh, you know, and, and end that drought. So we'll see. I mean, it's a tough division. And yeah, uh, it's a young roster that's still learning to win, but maybe Rodgers can help guide them in that direction, being the veteran that he is. Oh, absolutely. And I know, I, I, I think I've told you this before, half my team sit in New York City, and half of those people are uh, Jets fans. The other half are Giants fans. And uh, mm. so it's the same group of people, the people that are Giants fans, are Yankees fans, the people who are Jets fans, or Mets fans. So I, I don't know. I let them <laughs> battle it out. But <laughs> I, it's, yeah. they're really excited about Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers being there. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, real quickly, the Colts are at Philadelphia. August 24th, 8 o'clock. I'm sure you'll be there. Excited? Yes? No? What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish it was a, a, a meaningful game. I wish it was a regular season yeah. game. But, uh, we won't see Anthony Richardson in that game. 
Yeah, but you know what's cool is that they're going to have a joint practice. I, you know, I think they're only going to practice once, which is weird. I thought they'd have two joint practices, but uh, a lot of, you know, obviously, you know, Shane Steichen coming into Philadelphia uh, mm-hmm. as a head coach now, very familiar, very, you know, everybody likes Shane Steichen, you know, on the Seagulls roster and in the coaching uh, offices too. So that'll be a, a really fun storyline to watch. And we do get one open practice. Uh, with them to see how that interaction goes. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I am. I mean, I, I, I like, I really like Shane Steichen uh, as a person and it'll be good to see him and, you know, catch up with him a little bit. He's one of those coaches that comes over and talks to you on the sideline during practice, like Jonathan Gannon was when he was a defensive coordinator. Yeah. You like guys like that, that kind of acknowledge you and tell you a little bit about what's going on and ask how your, you know, how his family's doing all that stuff. So, uh, I'm excited to see Shane Steichen come back here and, you know, wish him luck for, you know, the coming season. Absolutely. Well, we hope he does well here. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Ed Kraft, I do too. Beat writer, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com has joined us to help us break down. We didn't get through all 32 teams, but we will get through them before uh, the, the, the start uh, of the season. And, of course, Ed is, is back at it full time uh, with, the, with the Eagles. And so we will have him as much as, we physically can grab you. Uh, so, and make sure you keep me posted on, I'm going to add another movie choice for you. This is a very important movie choice. Adam yeah. is taking his son, Oliver, to see uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so I'm that's out. a big I'm one. Out. Nope, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to let us decide what, what you decide between the Barbie movie, Mission Impossible, and Oppenheimer. And, uh, yeah, well, I already, I already asked that. Uh, I, I already 86 uh, Barbie, even though my wife <laughs> would like to see it, but I've already, uh, I've already chopped that you down. Already, here, you already so. get done. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so we'll, yeah. we'll see how that goes. And uh, you, you let, you let me know. Uh, we'll, we'll know how, if we choose different movies, we'll, we'll get the feedback of the perspective movies. My, my feeling okay. is if you go see Mission Impossible, I, you're going to tell me I need to go see Mission Impossible. I already know this. And then I'm going to tell you, you need to go see Oppenheimer, which you already know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Like I said, they're both on my menu, and I, you know, I hope I get the both of them while they're still in the theater. All right, buddy. Where can people find your work at Masterpiece, uh, sir? Yeah, Twitter K R A C Z E at Crassy, and uh, you know, you can find my links and my, you know, my my opinions on other things as well at times. Uh, so yeah, that's where you find me. Thanks. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you soon. Yep. You too, Tom. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Ed Gratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, joining us, helping us break down uh, the camps, Eagles camp, Colts fans, uh, and Colts camp. Uh, Of course, Colts fans are looking forward to seeing what Anthony Richardson can do, and we're going to really be deep into that as we we, uh, move forward. Thank you, Adam Jividen, our official college football co-pilot, Swiss Army Knife. Uh, we it's a talk to college football's uh, preseason. Like I said earlier, uh, football is back, so that's gonna that's gonna be taking up a bunch of space between uh, college football and NFL. Uh, we're probably really close to being back to two hours. Uh, so so glad that that's there. And then uh, we've got our racing covered as always with IndyCar and NASCAR, IMSA, and, and what have you. Um, so it's uh, it's here, guys. And remember, if you want to play fantasy football, just send us a. A message well if we've got a spot open we'll get you we'll get you on there but it is back football is back i'm excited are you excited follow us on the twitter world at t balance 
uh, and on the Book of Faces, just search the balance. My name's Tom Marquis. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, deuces. (laughs) 